0: Hi everyone, thanks to Tyler for doing our reading. Welcome to Confirmation Camp. Um, We covered a lot of topics with our Confirmation Campers this year. There was one topic though, that like lit a fire under them, um, like nothing else. And it was not the topic that I had expected. uh, And I want to tell you about it. But first, let me show you camp. So we are at Imago Day Village, we're up in Clintonville. And we send our seventh graders here, come along. I've got Heather filming, Heather, thank you. She is a youth director from another church. Heather, why don't you come right alongside me here? And we're gonna walk and we're gonna show off camp. So we send our seventh graders here every year uh, for a week of confirmation camp. And they do all kinds of stuff while they're here. In the morning, they have chapel. Here's the chapel right here. Uh, they do a Bible study. They do a bunch of team building initiatives, kind of like the stuff we now have set up to do in the backyard at Christ the King. Um, then after lunch, they can go swimming, biking. Um, what else do they do, Jess? They have a canoe trip. Uh, they have oh, they have a little climbing wall over here on the side of the building. Um, the waterfront they love to go play at. Uh, an excursion out hiking in the woods. They did that yesterday. They spent all afternoon out in the woods. Heather's like, oh yeah, she knows that one. She's been coming for how long? You've been coming for nine, ten years. Nine, 10 years. Yeah, so all different things in the afternoon, then every evening they have all camp games where they're running around and maybe you can kind of see over there is the big field that they have for field games Uh, and every night they have a campfire worship service which I'll show you in a little bit Um, and then in between all of that they have meals. We eat so much food while we're here, right? Mm -hmm. It's so good and we eat all of our meals together in this building right over here which is the dining hall. And I get to spend time at confirmation camp this year and so does Matt. And um, it's really fun, but of course it's more than just fun um, because of how the kids change over the course of the week. And we see this in confirmation anyway, like it's a two year program. So when they finish that program, they're not the same kids they were when they started. Um, And when we teach them, we get to watch their faith kind of inch forward in baby steps. When you're with them at camp, you get to watch their faith like leap and really start to become a true part of who they are. Um, So it's so cool, it's so cool. Um, The thing is though, for like Matt and myself and Heather, as chaperones they call us, we're kind of a little bit superfluous, would you say Heather? Because like the kids have these great counselors that they're with and these counselors, they're so fun. They have an insane amount of energy. They're so comfortable talking about their faith and sharing their faith. And so our kids might kind of cling to us for the first day or so when they don't know anybody but pretty soon they start to gel with the other kids from our church and they start to gel with the kids who are here from um, other churches around the state and they just want to have fun with their friends so come on and we're stacking dishes thank you to our dishwashers for today but here's where we eat and so part of what we do as the chaperones is we try and balance like spending time with our kids so they can see us and we can have time with them, but also giving them space um, to do their thing. And so part of how I did that was by alternating eating meals at the table with the campers, which were like over here, and eating dinner way in the back with the, the chaperones. And it made for a very funny contrast in conversation. So like one day, I'm eating lunch with the girls' cabin, and here's what the conversation is like. They're yelling at the table next to them about who's gonna win the golden plunger award for cleanest Cabin. They're telling me how difficult it was to get all nine of them through the shower in the 30 minutes between the all-camp game and the evening campfire. They're asking me about doppelgangers, like, do I believe that doppelgangers are a real thing? So that's lunch. Then at dinner, the first night, I sit with the adults and this guy sits down next to me, a pastor who I have never met before. And I come over with my like plate full of tacos and orange jello and I sit down and right as I like take my first bite of taco, this pastor looks me right in the eye and he's like, so tell me, what do you believe is the why of youth ministry? Okay, I guess we're skipping right over like, where are you from and how nice is the weather and how delicious is the jello? This is why I sit at the kids table, unless Heather's there, Heather's fun to talk to. You. So other than making like not so small small talk um, at the table, by the way, if that ever happens to you, what you do is this. You go, hmm, what an interesting question. What do you think about that? And then their answer will be long enough that you can finish all of your tacos and then excuse yourself to go get seconds on the orange jello. But when we're not making not so small small talk with the other adults, um, here's our one main job. I'll show you where. Our other main job is to lead Bible study for an hour every morning. So, honestly, I think we can get out (laughs) today. Every group went to a different place for their Bible study, um, but this is where we picked for our group. We picked for Bible study to go right down by the lake because who wouldn't want to see the beautiful lake while they talk about the Bible? Heather, do you know the name of this lake? Long, Long Lake. Long Lake, someone shouted it, thank you, Long Lake. So we did our Bible studies looking out over Long Lake and they give us a curriculum that we can start from and then we kind of, you know, change it and adapt it to fit our group. And this year the Bible study material was on the Trinity. So there was a day for each member of the Trinity and the Bible passage for the day on Jesus is actually from Matthew chapter 9 and it's the section right before the one that we have for today that Tyler read for us and it was the day when we asked the question that all of the kids wanted to answer. And so the thing is with these bible studies let's see where should we do it we can just do it right here the thing is with these bible studies um especially because this was only day one or two the kids are pretty quiet at first So we try to give them real easy lobs of questions. Like, what's your favorite kind of cereal? Things they can answer with one word. Um, But on this, it was day two, when we were talking about Jesus, who is Jesus? And so, and leading up to that, we had a question that was gonna be a little bit harder. Like it was gonna require more than a one word answer, but we threw it out there anyways. Um, And I have never seen so many hands shoot up in the air so fast. And the question was, have you ever had a bad teacher? Oh my goodness, every single hand shoots up. Even the quietest kids are like, I wanna share, I wanna share. So they start talking about teachers they've had that they did not like. And they share about teachers um, who were mean or who yelled or who were really critical of their work. Teachers who compared them to other classes and said that other class is so much better than you guys. They talked about teachers who just like, didn't seem to know their subject matter at all. Lots of energy on that topic. So then we throw out the next one. Have you ever had a really good teacher? Again, every single hand is in the ear. They all have things they wanna share about this. And at first as they talked about it, first they said, yeah, good teachers are the ones who are fun, but then they were like, well, actually there's some teachers who are fun, but we don't really seem to learn very much, so that we don't like that so much. And actually there are teachers who are not fun, who are kind of strict, but we really learn a lot from them and we do like that. So eventually they decide the very best teachers are the ones who they are fun and you learn a lot and they the kids said they're actually able to kind of trick us into like we don't even realize that we're learning while we're learning it um they so then they talk about this leads to obviously our next question which is what kind of teacher was jesus and so they think about this for a while what kind of teacher was jesus was he was he fun was he strict What was he like? Did he know his subject material? They decide he definitely knows his subject material, um, teaching us about God's love. Then they decide, is he fun sometimes? Like they talk about that story where they turn water into wine for the best party ever. Um, But they know there's also stories where he um, is angry um, or is frustrated with his disciples, especially, for not getting it and times when he gets um, angry about different injustices that he sees. So they decide um, that Jesus is fun, but he has like zero tolerance for BS, right? And he has absolutely zero tolerance uh, for anybody who um, is hurting or hindering other people, uh, but that he has kind of this infinite compassion and forgiveness for anybody who is struggling or who has been pushed out or just anybody who's trying, right? For anybody who's trying. We've got some water skiers coming across the lake so maybe we'll keep watching while I keep talking. Most of all what they decide about the kind of teacher Jesus is, is they decide he's the kind of teacher who really wants to change his students' lives. Like he wants his students not just to hear what he says but to do what he does. So what he does is he'll show them something and then he'll say okay here now it's your turn. All right let's keep walking so by the time we get to chapter 9 in Matthew's gospel we have definitely reached the okay here now you try it part of the gospel. So here's where we are in the gospel. Matthew 1 Jesus is born. Matthew 2 he grows up. Matthew 3 he's baptized. Matthew 4 he calls disciples. Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, that's Jesus' first big speech, it's the Sermon on the Mount, and it's kind of where Jesus lays out, okay, here, let me describe for you the kingdom of heaven, three chapters worth um, of kind of describing what it's like. Then, having described what the kingdom is like, then in chapters eight and nine, he's like, okay, I've told you about the kingdom, now let me show you what the kingdom looks like. So for chapters eight and nine, he is on the move Is healing people, cleansing lepers, casting out demons, raising the dead, curing the sick. All of this stuff happens. Um, And then, that's when we get to this chapter 10, and our passage is kind of the bridge between all this action that has come before it, and this speech that is chapter 10, which is usually called the commission discourse. Because this is where Jesus turns to the disciples and says, Okay, now it's your turn. You go try it. This is where Jesus changes them from disciples, students, to apostles, ones who are sent out. And he kind of tells them what he wants them to do, which is to go proclaim good news, tell people the kingdom of God is near, do all the same healing and curing and resurrecting that he has done, um, and to go and pass his peace to everywhere that they go. And then he kind of warns them like, as you get ready for this mission, just brace yourself because it's gonna be kind of hard. But when it gets hard, remember that my peace is always with you. So this is a perfect passage for where we are in our church calendar at the beginning of our season after Pentecost, because this is the handoff season. This is where Jesus says, all right, you've heard my whole story. You have been resurrected along with me in Easter. Now go and live into this new life that you've been given. And it is the perfect passage for our confirmation students who, at the end of their two-year program, this is when we say, okay, we have raised you in the faith. You have done all of the classes. You have learned all of the things. And now it's your turn to kind of own this faith for yourself and choose it for yourself. Now you are no longer a child in the faith, but a full, mature adult in our faith family. But what is this passage like for those of us who are a little bit past confirmation age? Um, Those of us who are Old and jaded and weary and worn out Um, because we hear this about being sent out and um, we know if we have been alive on this earth long enough we know that like we don't have all the answers when it comes to faith and not only that but we probably know by now that we're never gonna have all the answers so the idea of being sent out having mastered the faith and being sent out to teach it that might seem like a bit of a stretch and the idea of all of these tasks that we're given to do to heal the world, I think often our response is kind of like, where, when, how, with what time, with what energy. Um, and I do, I love to see our students like fired up for Jesus the way they are at confirmation camp. But what about us and we don't have enough energy to be jumping out going, what's that spell? Jesus! What's that spell? Jesus! What's in this passage for us? Well, for me, at least today, I'm really leaning on verse five, which says, you don't need to go out to the Gentiles. Don't go to the country of Samaria. Just minister to the lost sheep of Israel. In this gospel, Jesus is talking to people who are Jewish. So essentially he's saying, you don't need to go anywhere. Just stay right where you are. There's plenty of healing that needs to happen right where you are. So go out and become dependent on the people you want to serve because healing is always a two-way street. You ready to see campfire? So here's our evening campfire where we finish every day. And they do songs and prayers, scripture reading. Some skits, kind of went in place of a sermon, break down the skit, uh, But at the end of every campfire, and we're just going to go right down to the bottom, here. at the end of every campfire, they dismiss the camper groups one by one, and as the campers and counselors walk back, all of the support staff lines up behind this fire pit. And I say all the staff, I mean all the staff, like the nurse, the dishwasher, everybody. And as those kids walk back to camp, that staff sings over them, and here's what they say: They sing, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. So shine, shine, shine where you are. You are the light of the world. That's been ringing in my ears ever since we sang it. Hopefully it's still ringing in the ears of our kids too. And may it be a reminder to all of us, we are sent out. We switch from disciples to apostles, from students to ones who are sent out. But we don't need to go off far and do amazing dramatic things. We just need to shine right where we are. So friends, may you hear some good news in that today. Whatever your age, however long it's been since Confirmation, if you even ever did Confirmation. Um, But may you hear the good news in this passage. May you know that you're sent out, not because you've mastered the faith, uh, but because like Jesus, you've learned how to point to something beyond yourself, to something much bigger. May you trust in the abundance of that harvest. May you know that there is good news to share. May you go and share peace with everyone that you go. And when it gets hard, may you feel that peace return back to you. May you know that in you is the light of the world, and may you shine right where you are. Amen.